One of my favorite shows on, on uh, TV is Sports Center Top Ten. I love getting up in the morning and watching the top ten plays of the day. If you're not familiar with that, ESPN on SportsCenter, every day, every morning, will show you the top plays from the previous day. So if you weren't able to watch the show, if you didn't watch the sports event, if, if you weren't able to see it, if you missed it, then you can watch the top ten plays. I really don't even want to watch the whole 30-minute segment. Just you know, it, It's going to come on about five or ten minutes before the hour, and as long as I can see that two- or three-minute segment, I feel like I watched everything the day before. Now, in years past, that wasn't the case because we didn't have shows like SportsCenter where you could watch all the top plays. In the past, we didn't have DVRs and VCRs and VHS, all those things. In the past, if you missed it, you, you just missed it. And yet we miss things all the time. People will say things like, hey, did you watch the presidential debate? No, I missed it. How do you miss it? I mean, even if you didn't watch it, you could have played it back. How do you miss it? People will say, hey, did you catch all the shootings in California? Are you up to date on that? No, I I missed it. How, How do you miss it? I mean, it's on TV. You could play it back. They play it over and over and over. It's in the it's in the newspapers. How do you miss it? People say, hey, did you see the eclipse last night? No, I missed it. How do you miss it? And yet we miss things all the time. I mean, we'll miss birthdays, and we'll miss anniversaries, and we miss weddings, and we miss the date it comes to pay bills. We miss stuff all the time. And what we're going to notice in two different passages today in the Gospel of Mark is sometimes people miss Jesus and the power of Jesus. We're in a study of the Gospel of Mark And you've heard Brad talk about it. That simply means good news. And so Mark writes the beginning of the good news, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've been noticing one of the major themes in the gospel of Mark is the power of Jesus. Jesus Christ not only has power, Jesus Christ is power. God moves in mysterious ways, and I, I love the way things work out in worship. If you listen to Bob's prayer, which I hope you did... Bob talked about the power of God and the power of God and the power of God and the strength of God. And then Brad, in his um, thoughts for communion, talked about the power of God. And in our scripture reading today, we talk about the power of God. And, And Mark says one of the good news themes is Jesus Christ has, is power. And that's good news. We've been noticing that since the beginning of Mark. Jesus has the power to drive out demons. Jesus has the power to heal sickness. Jesus has the power to heal disease. Jesus has the power to heal leprosy. Jesus even said, I've got the power to forgive sins. Jesus said, I've got the power over Sabbath. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. And then he calms the wind and the waves, and he's even got power over creation. And that's good news. The not-so-good news is... Maybe you're not aware of God's power in your life. The not-so-good news is maybe you're thinking, well, God doesn't work that way anymore, especially in my life. Maybe the not-so-good news is sometimes you don't even see that power. Sometimes you don't recognize that power. Maybe the not-so-good news is you just flat-out miss the power of Jesus. And we're going to notice that in two different texts today. People miss Jesus all the time. In our last um, 
passage, we looked in Mark chapter 4, and there's a storm going on. There's a furious squall, and they're in the boat, and the waves are coming over the boat, and they think they're going to drown, and they cry out to Jesus, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus gets up, and he rebukes the wind and the waves, and they go from being terrified from the out, what's going on outside the boat, to the terror goes inside the boat, and they say, Who, who is this guy? I mean, who is this guy that even the wind... And in in spite of everything they've already seen up to this point, they haven't seen him calm the wind and the waves. The good news is that Jesus can calm the storms in your life. Got any storms in your life right now? Got anything going on in your life? You feel like you're taking on water? You feel like, you know, I, I just don't know. The good news is that Jesus can calm the storms of your life. Who is this guy? Well, Jesus is fixing to illustrate Who is this guy? It's not like he's saying, I'm fixing to show you who I am. But through a couple more scriptures, he's going to say, look, let me show you who I am. And so we're going to notice some things that happened in Mark chapter 5. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one can bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. So here's what we've got. We've been in a boat. We've been in a storm. We've been terrified of the storm. And now we're terrified of who is this guy inside the boat. But at least the boat lands. At least we're on dry land. Maybe, just maybe, things are going to calm down a little bit. And here comes this screaming, crazy, bloody guy. And things don't calm down. Things are starting to get even a little bit crazier. They land in a cemetery. You know what we said last week? Sometimes there's folks who don't need to be on a welcoming committee. This guy doesn't need to be on a welcoming committee. I mean, this guy would scare people off. As a matter of fact, it's not just one guy. If you keep reading in Mark 5, the demons inside this guy said, Our name is Legion, for we are many. So there's a bunch of demons who've taken over this guy. And this guy comes running and flailing to Jesus. Now, he lived in a cemetery. His address was cemetery. All the crazy, insane people lived in the cemetery. All the homeless people lived in the cemetery. All the rejects of society lived in the cemetery. All the people driven out from society lived in the cemetery. And the boat lands in the cemetery, and this guy comes running to Jesus. I can just imagine he may still have some chains hanging from him. I can just imagine that he might have some ropes hanging from him because they've tried to chain him. They've tried to subdue him. They've tried to control him. They've tried to tie him up. He's probably naked. His hair is everywhere. He's probably either bleeding or has blood all over him. He's strong. He's powerful. He's out of control. And he comes running to Jesus You ever felt out of control? You ever felt like, you know, my life's just out of control. My kids are out of control. My finances are out of control. My job's out of control. Have you ever felt out of control? Maybe you can relate to this guy. You're thinking, man, there's just nothing I can do. My life is out of control. And then this guy comes and sees Jesus. And Jesus is in control. We've just seen that. He's got control of the wind and the waves. He's got control of the storm. Nobody can subdue this guy except Jesus. 
The one guy who can calm his life. The one guy who's strong enough. When no one is strong enough, Jesus is strong enough. When we're at the end of our rope, Jesus gives us some more rope. When we're at the end of the road, Jesus opens up the cul-de-sac. When you think there's no other way, this guy encounters Jesus. Jesus wants this guy back. Back from the demons. Back from the evil spirits. Back from being out of control. Jesus wants this guy back. Just like he wants you back today. Just like he wants me back today. Back from our rebellious ways. Back from our sinful ways. Back from being out of control. Jesus has the power to calm our lives. And he wants to give us our lives back. I doubt any of the disciples said, Hey, you know what? Jesus, this guy would make a great welcoming committee. This guy would make a great minister. This guy would make a great elder. Jesus, we need... This guy would make a great apostle. Hey, Jesus, take this guy with us. I, I doubt any of them were saying that. I'm just guessing they're lined up behind Jesus, just looking around like, what is going to happen next as we follow Jesus? When you read on in Mark, the guy says, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. The man's shouting because it's his body, it's his voice, but it's really the demon shouting, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. So it's the evil spirit. This guy, it says at the top of his lungs, he's shouting as loud as he can. Hey, Jesus, what do you want with me? And Jesus is never out of control. The good news is Jesus is never out of control. Jesus wants to have control of your life. You remember in chapter 1, a man who was possessed with an evil spirit? And a man, it says, a man who's possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have, have you come to destroy us? Even the evil spirits recognize Jesus. Even the evil spirits don't miss Jesus. Even the evil spirits know who he is. And then we see that the demons beg Jesus. The demons beg Jesus. And Jesus gives them permission because the good news is Jesus has the power and the authority that even demons have to come to him and ask for permission. The demons beg, hey, would you just send us among the pigs? Allow us to go into them. And Jesus gives them permission, and they go into the herd of pigs, and they run down the embankment, and they go into the water where the disciples were just in the boat, in the storm. The pigs go, and they all die. And the people tending the pigs run off and reported this into the town, and the people in the town come back to see what's going on. And when they come back, guess what they find? They find the crazy, yelling, screaming, nobody-can-subdue guy in his right mind, dressed, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Because Jesus has the ability and the power to give you control in your life and to calm your life. And these people don't like it. So the demons beg Jesus, and the people beg Jesus. Same word. The demons beg Jesus, hey, can you just throw us into the pigs? And the people beg Jesus, hey, can you just leave? These people are within inches of Jesus. Hey, can you just leave? These people are within inches of the one who created the universe, and they missed him. They want him to leave town. They've had enough of him. You've messed up our economy. You've messed up our job. You've messed up the pigs. You've messed up our life. These people are within inches of Jesus. 
They missed him. They dismissed him. They begged him. They pleaded with him. They implored him. Hey, can you just leave town? They preferred pigs over lunatics. They preferred pigs over the presence of God. They've got the opportunity to be in the presence of God. And they dismiss him. But that's not so strange, is it? Because you and I, on a day-to-day basis, prefer rebellion over the power of God. We prefer our sinful ways over the power of God. We prefer our addictions and our habits over the power of God. And even churches today miss out on Jesus. They prefer comfort over the power of God, and they prefer slumber over revival, and they prefer slavery to the law over freedom that grace offers. These people... These people missed Jesus. In fact, they just said, leave. But then as you get into chapter 6, Jesus left there and went to his hometown. So Jesus is going home. He was there in Mark chapter 2, so he's been there before. He's been there before already in his public ministry. He's been there before because he grew up there. He's been there before because a lot of folks say that Joseph, who was Mary's husband, probably died early, and Jesus probably ran the carpentry shop up to age 30. He's been there before, and he's going back home. And he's got some followers with him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where'd this guy get these things? What's this wisdom that's been given him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters with him? These people know Jesus. Words gotten back as to what Jesus has been doing. Words gotten back as to what Jesus has been saying. His family's been looking for him. We saw that in previous passages. They're looking for him. They're worried about him. He's not eating right. He's not thinking right. And then they see the crowds and hear about the crowds that are pressing up on Jesus. And they're thinking, hey, Jesus, why don't you just come home? And he comes home to this kind of reception. And the people are amazed, briefly. And then they took offense at him. The Greek word is, and then they were scandalized by him. This was scandalous. And they take a few jabs. I mean, isn't this the carpenter? I mean, we know this guy. I mean, the people in Nazareth didn't even think highly of the people of Nazareth. Remember when Philip went and found Nathanael and said, Hey, I found the Messiah and Jesus. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Even the people of Nazareth don't think anything good can come from Nazareth. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the guy that worked on your house? Isn't this the guy that did some work and finished a table? Isn't oh, this is just it's just the carpenter. And then as if that wasn't enough, they really jabbed the knife in and twisted. Isn't this Mary's son? That wasn't a compliment. This is a small town. People in small towns don't forget. They remembered, even though it had been 30 years, isn't this, doesn't he belong to Mary? Isn't this the illegitimate kid? Isn't this the baby Mary had out of wedlock? Isn't this nobody? They're within inches of Jesus. And they missed him. If you keep reading... Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. He couldn't do any miracles there. And then it says, except lay his hands on a few sick people. And you're thinking, well, that's kind of miraculous. But compared to what Jesus can do, can you imagine what Jesus could have done had they recognized him? I mean, he could have 
healed them in so many ways and given them sight and forgiven sins and moved mountains and done some amazing, phenomenal, awesome things. They're within inches of the creator of the universe. That's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Isn't this just the carpenter? Isn't this just Mary's son? And they missed out on Jesus because they were scandalized. They had some preconceived ideas. Oh, this is just a carpenter. This is just Mary's son. This is just someone from Nazareth. This is just... And they missed out on Jesus. But that happens on a day-to-day basis. Thousands of years later, people are still missing out on Jesus. We serve a God who can flood the entire earth. We serve a God who can wipe out armies. We serve a God who can take an army and part a sea and have them walk through on dry land. We serve a God who can save marriages and change relationships and turn the direction of lives. We serve a God who can enable us to to turn away from alcohol and drugs and sexual addictions. We serve a God who can change the way we think and change our behavior. And we miss Him. We dismiss Him. We would rather have the mundane, dull life. We would rather have the comfort of whatever we want to do in worship. Jesus, don't shake things up too much. Hey, Jesus, could you just leave? I don't want to take you to work. I don't want you in my relationship. Don't be messing with my finances. We're within inches of Jesus. We miss Him. We miss Him. We miss the power of Jesus because we start saying things like, well, you know, just like these people, Jesus can't do that today. And we start off easy, Jesus can't save my marriage. Now we know maybe he can, we just don't want to. Jesus can't help me with my finances. Can Jesus grow this church to 500? Well, he doesn't have to, we're already 500. Can Jesus grow this church to 750? Now, I don't know if I want him to grow the church to 750. Can Jesus grow this church to 1,000? Can we reach the entire community of Longview? Can we reach the entire city of Longview? Can Jesus do that today? Well, Jesus doesn't work that way today. And we miss the power of Jesus and what he can do in our lives and in the church. And as long as we settle for the mundane, as long as we continue doing things the way we've always done, as long as we're interested in our comfort, we will continue to miss Jesus. Maybe it's time to change our perception. Maybe it's time to change our vision. Maybe it's time to get rid of those preconceived ideas. Instead of talking about what we can't do, maybe it's time to start talking about what Jesus can do. So let me go back to the guy in the cemetery. Because there's one guy in this story that didn't miss Jesus. I mean, he saw him. He got him. He opened his life up to him. This demon-possessed guy, with the one with the evil spirit, he, he goes up to Jesus and he says, Hey, I'm getting in the boat with you. I'm, I'm going with you. And Jesus says, No, you need to go home and you need to tell your family how much the Lord's done for you and how much he's had mercy on you. So the man went away to a ten-city area, to a ten-village area, and he told everybody what the Lord has done. I wonder if you asked this guy, Hey, what has God done for you if he had to say, You know... Let me get back to you on that. Let me think about that for a minute. 
I don't know what this man's testimony was, but based on this text, if you asked him, what has God done for you? He'd probably say something like, well, he freed me from the ropes and the chains, and he got me a toothbrush and some toothpaste, and he fixed my hair and got, and, and, and got me a brush. And, and you know what? He, he gave me some clothes, and I'm now in my right mind. I'm not screaming anymore. And he gave me back to my family. This guy has a family Jesus gave me back to my... This guy's got a wife. This guy's got kids. This guy's got a mom and a dad. Jesus gave me back to my family. And this guy didn't miss Jesus. And because of that, Jesus was able to exert his power in this guy's life. As opposed to missing Jesus. And he can't do miracles when you miss him. The good news is that Jesus has the power to calm your life. The good news is that Jesus can do the same thing for your life today. This guy didn't miss Jesus. This guy didn't miss the power of Jesus. This guy didn't miss the opportunity to be with Jesus. And because of that, his life changed. This guy was on the top ten. If there was a top ten show that day, this guy made the top ten list. But you know what? If you miss Jesus, the good news is... His mercies are new every day. Jesus has got a top ten list every day. They're new every morning. You don't, even if you missed yesterday, Jesus says, just wait till today. Maybe it'd be a good thing for you to go home and make a list so that people say, hey, what has God done for you? Go home and write down. Let me give you a homework assignment. Go home and write down, what has God done in my life? Just write it down. What has God done in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids, with my health, with my family, with my job? Write it down. So that you're ready when someone says, hey, what has God done for you anyway? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked. Boom, 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 boom. Maybe some of y'all can do that already. But maybe you're not in the habit of doing that. Maybe you're afraid to do that. There's people who need to hear your testimony. There's people just like this guy who went to a 10-city area. There's people that need to hear what God has done in your life so that they can see the power of God in your life and maybe want the power of God in their lives. The good news today is that Jesus has power. Jesus is power. The good news is that Jesus can set you free from the demons in your life. Jesus can set you free from the bondage of sin. Jesus can set you free from the shackles and fear of death. Jesus can set you free from the guilt. Don't, listen, don't just walk out of here like this is just another day. This is just another Jesus This is just another worship. Don't walk out of here like you never heard the good news that Jesus can change your life. Don't leave here today missing the power of Jesus. You've got the opportunity today. Some of y'all are within inches of making a decision saying, you know what, I really do need to be baptized. Let today be today. If not at this invitation this afternoon, you're within inches of the power of God to change your life. Don't miss that today because your only hope is Jesus. Would you put your trust and faith in Jesus today as we stand and sing?